This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. All right, today we have a wonderful privilege of having uh, Darlene Check here at City Bible Church. Uh, this is not her first time here. She's been here a few times with uh, music and worship events and stuff, so we go back a long ways. Darlene, come on up to the platform. Uh, we're going to welcome you properly. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for making time. Thank you for making time for us and time for City Bible Church. Now, I want you to welcome her the way we do. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Put your hands together. Come on. Put your hands together. Welcome, darling. Now you're welcome. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Stay standing, if you would. And um, I know, it's up, down, up, down. Um, good morning. How are you? Thank you. You're, you are so beautiful. Your church is beautiful. Your pastors are beautiful. And we are honoured to be here. I'm here with a bunch of team and they're sitting over here. Give them a warm welcome this morning. Amazing. Mm. Don't worry, you're not going to stand on your feet all morning. But I do want us to stand while we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you so much. That's for your goodness. And um, we just thank you for wanting to be with your people. And this morning we are here where our hearts are open. Lord God, we refuse to go through the motions of a service. Lord God, we are here and ready. And I just pray, as Pastor Frank has prayed, Holy Spirit, and just say you are welcome here. Have your way. I pray that my, my limited knowledge does not get in the way of what people need to receive this morning. And Lord God, I just thank you for your goodness amongst us. Be glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. High five the person next to you. Or... <laughs> well done. Well, as I said, it's a great honour and privilege actually to be with you this morning. And um, we literally have just flown in for a few days. We came in to be with Mama Joyce. And um, was anyone at the Joyce Meyer Conference? Yeah. So, you know, if Mama Joyce says, um, would you come and lead worship, you just say, yes, ma'am. And <laughs> she is a great blessing to the body of Christ, and she's a great blessing to us as a team. And um, so we, as soon as we knew we were coming to Portland, I texted Pastor Frank and um, got a reply within like two seconds <laughs> and said, hey, do you want us to come? And he's like, yes, please, we'll work it out later. So... It's all good, and so that's why we're here, and we go home tomorrow. So it's a short and sweet visit, but very worthwhile, and just flying into Portland, I forgot how beautiful it is here. It really is so beautiful, and, and you can also sense, you know, just walking around the city, um, you can sense there's some good things happening in the air, and I know that, that there are things that we will always be fighting, um, but actually you can sense that God is doing good things. And so just remember this morning, put courage in yourself that you're on the winning side. And even though, you know, the enemy would like to bombard the earth with fear and to keep us bound, I want you to remember that God is fighting for us. He goes before us. He makes a way where there is no way. And the Holy Spirit is moving across the planet. 
And you know, I get the great privilege to go to different places and within different denominations. And just a few weeks ago, I was sitting with, you know, men of God that are from denominations that probably traditionally we would never have kind of connected with historically. But you know, they tell the same story of the Spirit of God, which they say getting in their religion and messing it up totally as God brings them to life. And you know, I want you to understand this morning that you are part of the Kingdom of God. Amen. And the the gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the living God. And you're on the winning side this morning, church. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited for tonight. Um, It's not a, you know, we don't do events. We don't do worship concerts. I'm not into that, that, that language. We are here to exalt King Jesus, Him and Him alone. And, and I'm just, you know, pull out all stops. Don't think, oh, I may not get a car park or I may not get my normal seat. Come on, church. Let's push through the comfort zone. All right, bring your unsaved friends and let's just see what God does. All I know is it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. So, yes, I'm a mum and a wife and a grandma of 2.5 have another one coming in August. I have one, my eldest daughter, she wants six children and she's right on track, you know, and she just keeps popping them out. And I'm like, that's awesome, baby. You just, you're on target. Let's just keep going. So anyone who has grandchildren knows that once you have grandchildren, you realise you will be working forever, okay? Because they cost a lot of money. Grandchildren cost more than your children. This is awesome. I love it. Anyway, this morning... I want to talk to you about worship. You know, I, I know I could have spoken about a lot of things except my heart just kept coming back to this really simple topic and I, I feel that the Holy Spirit would just want to speak to your hearts tenderly but with strength again this morning. You know, so grab your, your Bibles and your notepads and, you know, there's a question asked of us in Psalm 25 from the Message Translation and I love the Message Translation but it says in there, what are God worshippers like? That's a good question. And the answer, it says, arrows aimed at God's bullseye. It's a good answer. But you know, I thought about that a lot. Arrows aimed at God's bullseye. Worship has got a funny reputation. You know that you know, we just sit and have a lovely time in God's presence and, you know, God fills me up and then I'm okay and somehow it's all about me. And Yet I don't know about you, but when I'm in the presence of God, I find it one of the most challenging, <laughs> wonderful, but challenging times. As my flesh is confronted, <laughs> my humanness and my, all the stuff that comes with me is confronted yet again and When I see that word arrows aimed at God's bullseye, you know, in His presence, there is fullness of joy. There is beauty beyond all measure. There is strength that accompanies being in His presence. But being in His presence also means we are changed to be more like Him, which is a dying of our flesh and a saying yes, just every moment to the way and will of God. 
And arrows aimed at God's bullseye means that we are being sharpened, amen? For the absolute glory of the Kingdom of God on earth. We are being sharpened every time in His presence. And I really felt in my heart this morning just to bring that simple story of the wonder of God's presence again to the forefront. Is that okay? Is that okay? Amen. You know, when I, when I think about my own story, and you know, that's the power that we all have. You know, nothing can take away your story. And in Revelation, it talks about the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony. You know, the finished work of Christ and then the story of Christ in our own lives. It's what we go out with, amen? It's our weapon. <laughs> I love that, the weapon of our story. But I'll never forget walking back into church after receiving Christ two days before. So I was 15, living out of home. I was broken. I was a mess. I was a very bulimic mess, actually. And I'd been singing full time since I was 10 years old. I, so I was work, a hard worker, doing all those things. Had a very loving family, but my family got caught in a rip, basically, using surfing terms. Just got caught. And it was just a, a very contentious season. And so I end up in this place. And then my father gives his life to Christ. He comes and picks me up from where I am living. He says, you need to get to church. And I'm like, oh, really? Seriously, of all places, take me anywhere but to church. He picks me up, he takes me to the youth group. Amen, anyone from youth here? Really, is that your youthiness? That's better, come on. I am, a, oh man, I love the youth ministry. It's awesome. And um, picked me up, took me to youth, and I got radically saved. There's just two of us got saved that night, and I got radically saved. So the Sunday morning after, and I'm still living just around the road from the church, I get myself to the house of God. Remembering that I understand music as much as I could at 15. But something happened in my heart that day when I heard the church singing this song, you know, and I saw all different people, different ages, backgrounds, experiences, musical tastes. We've all got different musical tastes in here. We've all got different experiences in God. And that's what I walked into at 15. And yet I heard them singing a song. It wasn't really about the song. The song was a bit of a random song but it was a song of faith and it was, I hear the sound of the army of the Lord. When you think about the lyrics, it's actually very powerful. It's a sound of praise and it's a sound of war. The army of the Lord. And you know, in my little heart, I looked around that room and I was, I was just amazed and still am today that the song of worship, it's the song of the heart, it's not the song of the gift or the song of the skill, it's the song of the heart. And it gathers, it does not exclude, it includes. And it points us all to our rightful kingdom inheritance of our heart and sets our hearts right as we come together. And do you know, I could not believe it. And still today, I get blown away that the sound is far more spiritual than it is musical. 
Far more spiritual. It's a song of thanksgiving. It's a song of the the heart, not just the mouth. It's the song that has the measure of eternity woven throughout it. So very powerful. The sound of grateful hearts, a sound that includes us, a sound that we were born to recognise and contribute to. And it's this heavenly song and part of my understanding of worship that's absolutely ruined me in the most awesome way. (laughs) Anyone with me this morning? But more than the music, it's what it does to me as it it asks me to come forward. It asks me to enter with thanksgiving and to enter the throne and the courts of my God, to be a part of standing in His presence. Remember the maker of heaven and earth. God Himself draws near to us as we draw near to Him. And we are engaged in His presence, the almighty presence of God, church. So much more than just, no, 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 I don't really like this song, do you? No, not really. It's not my favourite. Music's a bit loud this morning, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Did you see what they were wearing? I didn't like that they were wearing. It wasn't very good. I exalt you. Oh, I can't wait till lunchtime. I exalt It's, It's so much more. You see what I'm saying? We switch off. We reduce ourselves. We stay disconnected from the worship of God and yet His presence, in His presence, church, healing, fullness, beauty. In fact, Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with me, God, I I can't go up. I can't go any further because what else distinguishes us from all the other people on the earth if not your presence? See, worship is not an event. Worship is exalting the Lord our God. Another way to call it would be worth-ship. For He is worthy. Worth-ship, the worth-ship of our God. You know, worship all the time gets, um, the meaning of it gets flattened out and reduced to kind of a neat set of songs. You know, four songs of worship, then we're gonna do a prayer. But that isn't even the starting point of what worship truly is. Worship with music and melody and art. You know, music was only given to to communicate and carry the presence of the Almighty. And when music and art is used as it should be, it's amazing. It gives voice to the hiddenness of the human heart gives voice, helps the human heart communicate the fullness of what is in that human heart, allowing allowing our cry to be expressed. And this is the thing, church, you know, when our hearts shut down in the natural, our lives shut down, but when our hearts shut down in worship, we become quite disconnected and disinterested to the presence of the Almighty. You know, Romans 12 This is what I love about the worship of God. It talks about the whole of our lives, the whole of our lives, the the going in, the coming home, the working, the eating, the sleeping. It says, bring it all as an act of worship before before the King of Kings. All of it, 
to give glory to God. And I love that. I love how just God's arms always are about inclusion and not about exclusion. Amen. He says, bring your whole self. Just bring your whole self, all of it. And let your life be poured out as your spiritual act of worship. It's the lived quality of our theology. The lived quality of our theology. In Lamentations 5 is one of the saddest scriptures. It says, the elders have ceased from the gate and the young men from their songs. Talking about the barrenness as hearts become disconnected. And people walk away from their station and walk away from their song. You know, there is some quietness that is so godly and God Himself fills it. Be still and know that I am God. And then there is some quietness that is the sound of silence due to barrenness. And that's when we press away from the worship of our God due to disappointment, barrenness. Yet in Isaiah, the prophet says, sing, barren woman. Come on, sing, sing, press out, stretch out, get ready, get ready, get ready, sing. Amazing though, when we become disappointed and when our hearts start to be affected and shut down, how we can easily reduce our song, our service, to just works. And then we, we reduce our song to 20 minutes. I hope they hurry up because I've got something to go to. But actually what God is inviting us to partake in is service and song to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It it is our life, thank you. It is what we are engaged in from the beginning of time. You know, the first um, fight ever in the Bible, Genesis 4, is over worship. It's amazing. From Genesis to Revelation, worship is asked. God asks us to bring worship. He asks us to not bring an imperfection in our eyes, but to bring it in the truth of our hearts, just to come as we are and bring Him our worship. It's so powerful, amen. The, the thing is, I mean, there's so much I can say. I didn't get through anything in the last service, so we'd, I'm just chatting, really. Is that all right? <laughs> That's good. That's all I got, so you have to put up with me. But, you know, Rick Warren says this amazing thing. He said, You know, the most common mistake that Christians make is that we seek after an experience rather than purely seeking God. And do you know whether you feel God or not this morning, it still doesn't change the fact that God is here. God is here. He dwells with His people. James 4.8 says, draw near. Just draw near to me and I will draw near to you. As you've drawn near this morning, God's Word promises that He is here. He draws near to His people. So you can be of rest concerning those questions. Is God even here? Yes, He is, because you've drawn near. And His Word cannot lie. He's drawn near to you this morning. And whether you feel it or not does not change that fact. 
That means that on the mountaintops when you're feeling good and mighty fine and when you are in the depths of despair and all hell has broken loose over your life, you can be confident concerning the fact that God is with you. God is with you. We can worship Him on the mountains. And church, you've got to learn to worship Him in the valleys. Sing, O barren, O barren. If you're stuck this morning, if you've had stuff happen in your world, if you're facing disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, don't you allow the enemy to steal your song. Don't you dare. You step back into your spot. You draw near. Draw near. Faith. It's only possible by faith. Faith of a mustard seed's all you need, church. All you need. That's all you need. Just come by faith. It's a faith journey. It's not a feeling journey. You imagine if it was a feeling journey. You imagine what would happen this morning in worship. You know, this one felt good. This one was suicidal. This one was like, didn't, you know, he was fighting with that one. And then Pastor Frank woke up and he wasn't feeling like it this morning. So everyone gets up like, Ugh. It's not, we don't go by our feelings. Hmm. Why are you downcast on my soul? David says to himself. <laughs> Come on, get up and let's worship God. He says it to himself. We teach ourselves. And no matter what is happening, I know that God is for me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon. No weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. You know, worship has always required choice and change. It's a choice. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will. It's a choice this morning. You know, I don't wake up every morning and go, ding, time to worship. It's just, it's a choice. It's a choice. When I got up on Wednesday morning to catch the plane here, we got up to find that our house had been robbed while we were sleeping upstairs. And, you know, I didn't go, ding. I was ticked, actually. <laughs> and, um, but then we make a choice. And it's like, this is not going to steal my praise. I'm hopping on that plane. This is all good. God has surrounded us like he does for every one of us. His favour as a shield. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Amen. Protected, strong, safe in Jesus' name. And so we praise our God. We put on our garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. Amen. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's faith. That's what we do. It's by faith, by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So bring your faith. You know, I remember standing with a woman once in um, East Africa and I was at a gathering. It was like a, a small group for those who were dying of HIV. It was their small group. And they were standing and singing in the dust and she was holding a baby to her breast and feeding her child. And, you know, no woman should be put in that position. You know, in talking to her, she says, well, my child dies soon of starvation or soon of HIV, so I've decided to feed my child. I don't have any options. But do you know what she says to me? You know, the enemy may have stolen my life, but he will not have my song. 
And in that, in that bunch of people who were perishing in their flesh, seriously, worship. Worship. Mother Teresa said, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. <laughs> anyway, I'll stick back to my notes. Worship identifies which kingdom that you belong to. It really does. And in the days that we are living in, we need to know how to exalt King Jesus above everything. You know, as the spirit of the world, with fear, etc., you need to know how to exalt King Jesus and declare the kingdom of God in your midst. You know, I love to go into worship because I know my heart needs to have the kingdom of God declared over it. My heart needs to have its, its, the, its kingdom reestablished continually, declaring the kingdom of God, amen. Declaring it. And worship has always been about the glory of God. Isaiah 43, 19 to 21, you can read it later. It says there that we were all created for His glory. All of creation and all of humanity. All created, put together by Him, for Him. You know, don't ever get it mixed up. And I wrote here, if you don't want to change, then don't be present in worship. Because the Spirit of God does confront our flesh continually. If you wanna be present in worship, then be ready to be changed, amen. Our flesh, our flesh as we come closer toward Him, there's less of us, more of Him. But it means our flesh, a little bit uncomfortable. You're all good with uncomfortable? None of us like uncomfortable, but that's what happens. And our flesh is challenged and those things in us. And God's like, let me work on that. And you're like, mm, okay. It's in His presence, church, in His presence. You know, true worship in Genesis 22, it, talking about Abraham and Isaac and Isaac bringing his beloved, beautiful son and going to God and bringing his finest and doing just obeying God. And, you know, he goes to put his son on that altar. And it always challenges me, that story, because I'm like, God, I so would not have done that. I so would have taken my child and run to the hills, <laughs> not intending to put him on any altar. But amazing the heart of Abraham before God. But this is what it says in verse 12. It says, For I know that you fear and revere God, and you have not held back from me. And since you have not held back from me, in blessing I will bless you. Your descendants will be like stars in the universe. It's amazing. Just not withholding, but coming before God. It doesn't mean just withholding the good. It's also sometimes we try to hide from God all this stuff. Try to withhold, God, I'm not good enough for you. You're going to be mad at me. But God already knows, church. <laughs> He's all good. He's not jittery on His throne. He's... He's good. He loves you with an everlasting love and He just wants you to come to lean in. He just wants you to lean in so He can start putting you back together, making you whole. So many things I just am in awe of because of the worship of God. 
You know, Moses, Daniel, David, Mary, Paul, Silas, you know, all of them had different God encounters and their response was to worship. Some fell to their faces, some bowed, some sang, some danced, some feasted, <laughs> some were terrified in the presence of the Almighty. But I love that, that the Lord just says, because you have not held back. Hmm. There's countless millions of people who cannot play a note of music but are incredible worshippers, just not holding back, bringing their heart of hearts toward the Lord. And there are many extremely gifted in music and song but are poor worshippers because they disconnect their hearts from the expression and it just becomes mere form and mere music. And all of us were built for relationship with the Almighty, amen? And it's amazing how he's given us music to communicate what is going on in here. We're actually, you know, the Word of God says the heart is deceitful above all things. We, we can just go through life in this little heart, be putting on its mask and getting all dressed up for church, and yet our hearts are just so damaged and broken, and yet God's like... Just enter my rest. Bring your heart. Bring all of it. Bring everything that you are and just come toward me. He doesn't ask us to come and worship him because he's insecure. <laughs> Do you know that? He's not insecure. He's good. He's God. But he asks us to come so that he can tend to the fabric of our human heart. Hmm. The Father seeks us to worship him. In spirit and in truth, amen. In spirit and in truth. I think the spirit side is so easy. I think the truth side is where we all battle and we all, you know, sit under this shame and all the secret stuff. And yet God's saying, just come, just come, just come before me. Let me be God to you, in you. This hope we have, amen, as an anchor for our soul. So much I can say, I'm just going to keep flipping because I just looked at the clock and we're like, haven't even got to anything yet. And it's just the time went, whoop. Let me read you a couple of things. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Oh, Lord, help me. Matthew 4, I want you to come with me. Just before um, Jesus goes into his public ministry, the last verse in chapter three of Matthew says this, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I delight. It's powerful to think that just before Jesus enters his public ministry that God just continues to affirm his worth and his identity. It's amazing that Jesus needed that, hey? That God in flesh needed that just like we do. But this is what it says in chapter four. It says, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was hungry and the, the tempter came and said to him, if you are God's son, command these stones to be made bread. But he replied, it has been written, man shall not live or be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him again to the holy city and placed him on a turret. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and they will bear you up on their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, I love it, Jesus comes back with the Word. Come on, church. This is also the beauty of worship because you put the Word of God to the melodies of heaven and you declare them back and you take back your rightful inheritance. And Jesus says to the enemy, on the other hand, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then the devil, he does it again, takes him up and he says to him, He takes him to this really high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world as if the enemy had any control over giving it to God Himself. But he tries because he's the deceiver. He's the deceiver. He's the accuser of the brethren. So when these things come at you, recognise them, where they come from and grab the Word of God and speak it straight back. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. It has been written, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him alone shall you serve. And then the enemy departed in Jesus' Name. I love it. And the angels came and ministered to Jesus at that point. You know, again, I love that, that Satan, you see, he's always been after your worship. Always. In here, he's tempting Jesus. He's saying, I'll give you kingdoms. I'll give you glory. All the stuff that actually only belongs to God anyway. The Satan here is trying to get his eyes off the prize and say, if you worship me. And I will tell you, there's one thing in the West, especially, you know, the comforts of this world. For some reason, over centuries, the comforts have been placed up as God's. You know, to achieve all these things, we've got to have all these things and achieve all these things and have these kind of cars and have our kids in these kind of schools. And if we don't achieve them, somehow we're feeling like less of humanity. And and then they make us sloppy and the comforts of this world can start to interrupt with the pureness of our heart. And there's nothing wrong with the comforts unless they become your idols. And, And God is saying, get behind me. Jesus is going, get behind me. You shall worship the Lord your God alone and Him shall you serve. And I tell you what happens with comfort. What happens with comfort is that it lulls you. Comfort brings you options and options can make you really sloppy and it can lull you into this false sense of security. And there's a scripture I wanna read you in Revelation before I finish that kind of attacks that whole mentality. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with all those things, church, but they are there to serve. They are not there to become the God of your life. They are there to serve. And, you know, even tonight as we go into worship and warfare, because that's what tonight is gonna be like. Can't wait. <laughs> worship and warfare, we're just gonna keep declaring the Kingdom of God. His Kingdom come. His will be done on earth, amen, as it is in heaven. You know, my my pop just went to be with the Lord Easter Saturday, 101, great man of God. Prayed for me and my siblings, my cousins, etc. by name every morning of his life, him and my nan. My nan's still alive, 98, still living on her own. She's so cute. 
She's a radical. And she's a full-on disciple of Jesus. But my pop says, he says, Darlene, the veil between me and heaven is just so thin right now. He said, I feel like I just keep going in and out of the temporal and the eternal. And the kingdom of God is so beautiful. I want you to remember, church, what it is that we're a part of. Amen. Amen. God is on your side. I want to read this to you, and then we're going to finish. Isn't God good? He really is. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 4 with me. When I was young, every time we turned to Revelation, I remember all our youth group used to go, ooh. (laughs) This is so cute. Because we're like, that's the scary chapter. (laughs) When it comes to our worship journey, I want you to remember that this is a journey of faith not based on your understanding or your ability or your skill level. Revelation 4, verse 1 says this, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard addressing me like the calling of a war trumpet said this, Come up here, come up here and I will show you what must take place in the future. You know, I'm amazed that here, with this all being revealed to John with this sense of an open heaven, like my pop described to me, like sometimes I sense in worship, I'm sure you do too, that you're standing before an open heaven. And yet still to John, the Spirit of God right here is saying to him, While he's standing before an open heaven, he says, come up, come up here. You see, still in that moment, required faith. And this morning, my heart of hearts is just saying, trust God with your heart. Trust God. Come up, lean in, there's more. I know for some of you, I know for myself, you know, when I first got saved, my heart was so in tatters that I literally sobbed for three years every time I encountered the presence of God. Three years. My girlfriend said, are you ever going to stop crying? And I said, I hope so. (laughs) Because I had no control over it. But it was part of being in His presence, my heart being put back together. Sometimes our hesitation to come up is because of the draw that happens on our heart. But I want to tell you, church, it's a good thing. You can trust God. I know some of you have had your hearts abused by people. Trust God with your heart. He is the safest place that there is. He is your safe haven, your strong harbour your refuge, your tower of strength. Come up, come up. It's time, church, to come up. We take a step as we come up in faith from the temporal to the eternal. We take the song of the soul and join the great anthem of the spirit. We take a step from our emotional realm and we walk in 
to the truth realm. Amen? To the truth realm. We put on our garment of praise. Worship invites us by faith through grace to come up. It's a yielding of our will and a willingness to step out of our comforts. You know, in Revelation here, you see that John is being called out of his own limitations. And I encourage you today, allow God to pull you out of your own limitations. Back, uh, away from your own brokenness and come up, come up and join in the song of the Spirit, amen. In Exodus 24, the Lord says to Moses, the same thing, come up, come up, come up with me. And Moses has to make a choice whether to step out of his own limitations and come up the mountain to worship. In my heart of hearts today, there's just so much I could say, but in my heart of hearts today, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just simply saying, come up. Trust God with your heart this morning. Allow him to go into those tender places. Because on the other side of that is freedom, joy, peace, like you've never experienced before. And you may have been a Christian most of your life, but your life will still be filled with come up moments where you have a choice. Why don't we stand to our feet Amen. We were singing that song earlier, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I'm like, oh God, I hope they know what they're singing because it's a really gutsy song. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't. So do you just hear what you said? That I can't control. But we want worship in our boxes and on our time because, you know, I've got a, a roast in the oven. I want more of you, God, as long as I'm out of here by 12.30. Set a fire down in my soul. Can you hear what I'm saying? Can you hear what I'm saying? I want more of you, God. Father, you've invited us to come up. And we say yes, we say yes. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have our hearts, Lord God. We bring them again before you. Teach us how to worship. Teach us, Father, how to follow. Teach us how to say yes. Teach us, Lord, how to keep breaking against the constraints of this world. Teach us, Lord, how to be radical disciples of Christ. Teach us, Lord, how to love like You love, how to love like You love. Lord God, I pray for every person this morning that the song of their heart be restored in a very powerful way. That no matter what's going on, the enemy may try to steal all sorts of things, but he will never steal their song.